everybody, and welcome back to another Pink Bike Podcast. I'm not sure of exactly when this one's going live, but it's New Year's-ish, and you know that we're seasonally obliged to talk about resolutions. Just like you're obliged to eat your grandma's tomato and shrimp aspect at Christmas dinner, Brian. Exactly like that. <laughs> I've got Casimir Henry, and you just heard Brian on today to talk about our resolutions and all the different reasons why we weren't able to meet them last year. We're also going to talk about maybe some possible resolutions for next year or why we don't have any. Uh, but before we get to that, Brian, how festive do you guys get this time of year? Are you wearing Christmas sweaters and going on Christmas rides and doing secret Santa things? What are you doing? Uh, I'm a lot more festive this year. With a with a three-year-old, you cannot get away from being festive than what? I am like naturally. Yeah, I haven't like wrecked. I haven't wrecked Santa for him yet. He's only three. He's not going to remember. So you don't have to do Christmas until he's like six or seven when he starts remembering things. You don't have to do Christmas now. Is that your first? <laughs> is that your first memories? Where at like eight years yeah, old? Kindergarten is where you start at. <laughs> that explains everybody a lot, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, this kid definitely remembers way too much. I don't like it. it makes me uncomfortable. Yeah. What about you, Cass? Are you a big Christmas guy? I know that you have your house decorated with lights and like 10 foot tall blow up Santa figurines and whatnot. No, I, I'm not very festive in that regard. But my neighbor is going crazy with the blow up figurines. I think he must have like robbed a warehouse or something. There's probably 40 inflatable things. And it's like a battle with him and the one across the street. It's pretty good. It's like sub battle nice. suburbia battle. It's very strange. But no, I don't I don't really like the holidays very much, but I pretend to be festive sometimes. But it's not my thing. Uh, Kaz, do you do do you do like a funny Christmas ride, like a Christmas sweater ride, or anything like that? Oh, I no. see that online. People having fun out there. Oh, I see yeah, it. I mean, I like having fun, but I don't have any. I don't know if I've ever been on a Christmas sweater ride. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, no. I can't. Yeah. What, what is um, Levy? What's Aspic? Oh, you don't know what Aspic is? Yeah, I don't either. No. I'm gonna look it up. I'm gonna look it up. <laughs> oh, it's a Christmas tradition in my family. My grandmother used to make it. It's like, um. Tomato soup in gelatin with oh, uh, yeah. shrimp. I've seen and this before. Celery, so it's like it, it looks, it's like Jello, but tomato soup this, with shrimp Jello. Yeah. It's delicious. It looks so gross. Oh my god, this is horrifying. <laughs> I didn't. I've seen pictures of this. What the this heck? Is disgusting. Yeah. My grandma makes that, guys. It, Don't say that. It's a savory gelatin made with meat stock set in a mold to encase the yeah. other ingredients, including pieces of meat, seafood, vegetable, or eggs. This is, yeah. this is amazing. Oh, my. I'm going to start doing it, everything in gelatin. It's a gelatin soup. <laughs> yeah. Don't you guys have like a... So in my family, we, we would do like... Well, like most families, you do Christmas dinner and, and all that stuff. And every Christmas dinner, my grandmother would make tomato aspic. And then like... She's gone now, so now my sister's making tomato aspic in every single Christmas dinner. Nobody likes tomato aspic, trust me. Oh. But she makes it, and we all take like a couple scoops of it just to like be like, "Oh, Graham's here in spirit." <laughs> this is crazy. There's crazy pictures. I want to. I could go in, down a rabbit hole of finding all the gnarly things they put in gelatin. Henry, what was what was Henry Quinney childhood Christmas like? Um, I want to get personal. <laughs> I'm trying to think. I just remember, I know we were all quite subdued, my family. We didn't go like crazy. And I know I never really got into Christmas as a kid. I never did. It was just, it's always been quite, I know, I think, I think Brit, British people, we do take Christmas pretty seriously, but it's more about like, I know it's kind of our Thanksgiving, you know, like in terms of the food and stuff like that. It, if, if I dick. was going to guess one person, 
Yeah, the one person that had some horrifying Christmas food. I would have guessed Henry, not Levy. Oh, yeah. no, our food's actually pretty run-of-the-mill. I mean, we have stuff that to English people sounds delicious, like bread sauce, where the rest of the world probably would just don't really get it. But we don't put anything in jello. I think that's a, a line that we don't cross, you know? So did you say bread sauce? Bread sauce. It's like bread. Is it's it's hard to explain, but it's fantastic. I, I don't know. What, no one knows what it is. Is it just stuffing? I, no, it's bread sauce. <laughs> <laughs> I like bread and I like some sauce. I don't Come know. On, how, I think I think they must like melt melt bread. Does that sound oh, right? They just this melt does, some actually bread doesn't look good. Do a this sauce. Looks very, yeah, this looks English. <laughs> it kind of looks like. What would you guys rather have? Bread sauce or tomato aspic? Uh, <laughs> what? What up? <laughs> tomato this aspic looks like pureed garlic like bread. Something that doesn't actually exist. Yeah. Yeah, pureed garlic. It's it's really good though, and it, I can't explain it. But the British people that listen to this podcast will be like. It's actually pretty good. Yeah, we do loads nice. of things with bread. We have bread pudding. Just bread, just make it into pudding. <laughs> I do like bread pudding. That's a good invention. I like that. Oh, do you have that over here? Yeah, nice. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, stay tuned for the Pink Bike cooking oh, show. Now that we have our Christmas dinners <laughs> sorted out. Aspect and bread sauce. <laughs> I'm hungry. Right. Brian, what are, you doing, uh, what are you doing for the holidays besides riding bikes? Do you get up to anything when it's cold and shitty outside like we this? Have- two feet of snow down here in, in vancouver there's yeah. no riding bikes um no no we're, i'm going we've got a nice little toboggan hill by our house and getting just keeping your kid or go by yourself <laughs> oh both of course no just going and getting nuked by teenagers that just yeah it's great yeah good yeah, lots of tobogganing good. lots of we we actually did like a uh we pulled a fast one on james on my kid we uh we did a christmas was last weekend with great grandma um because that's when everybody was in town so christmas is over for us but, oh nice uh, oh nice yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we're done so now so now yeah now it's just a couple of well, just a low-key week and do you know what my friend his mom used to do this <laughs> if he'd been bad she would at easter eat the back half of his easter eggs and tell him it's because the easter bunny knew he'd been a bad boy and she would just basically <laughs> take 50% commission of all his chocolate. <laughs> uh-huh. I mean, you can just take I feel like things... that's how you end up in therapy. You can just take things from your kid, it turns out. Like, you don't need to make up a backstory. <laughs> all right. <laughs> let's, let's move on. I got some questions for you here, Kaz. Uh, this one is from BikeHard11. This is about our field test. Man, those bikes were so freaking good, Kaz. He says, the bike seemed to perform so well that it's kind of boring. It looks like the Trek was a bit of a standout compared to the rest, but nothing crazy. He goes on to say, I wonder if bikes in the future have a chance to really blow away testers or if it will be marginal gains from here on out. Kaz, what do you think? Are we going to get super surprised or is it tiny steps from here on? I mean, realistically, it's always been marginal gains. Some have been a little more, a little less marginal than others, but they've always been bikes and you get another gear here and a little geometry tweak, but there's not... It's rare that there's something totally wild and crazy that comes along. And that's still going to happen, obviously, in the future. There'll be, you know, the the random bike that's different that maybe will change things. But, yeah, I do agree. They're, they're getting more similar than they ever have been. But I think that's a good thing. And we can still find differences and things to talk about. I agree. I think the, the good bikes have usually been marginal gains and just low progress towards towards the future. Other than the donut, of course. But of I course. think what's changed is that there used to be quite a few bad bikes mixed in that made things more interesting. And even from 
the first field tests in 2018 to now, there are less bad bikes. So I think that's what maybe makes yeah. it a little less. Although we do keep breaking things, but yeah. Yeah. Kaz, when was the last time you were blown away? When was the last time it felt like a like a actual jump forward? I don't know really. Like, yeah, it's it's been a while, but I don't even know if I've ever been like fully floored by a bike. Like, um, yeah, I don't even really know. Like, there, like the first time you got on something new and long with a steep seat angle or anything like that, or was that like a more gradual? It thing is, for yeah, you? I think just because you ride. It wasn't for me. For me, I think just because I ride so many bikes, it's kind of more gradual. I would say like this late, like that specialized enduro that came out a few years ago. That was one of those bikes like, oh yeah, they've done something really good yeah. here. Um, but recently, I can't think of one that like totally blew me away. But there's been a lot of really good bikes though too. That's not to say there's not ones. I'm just like, oh yeah, this is great. But yeah, again, maybe just the bar has been raised, yeah. so you're kind of like, good. This isn't you know on par with others, which is a really high level. So, so that's good. Yeah, a couple standouts would be that enduro, I think. But then also the spur like people were making spur type bikes before mm-hmm. of course um but that one seemed to stand out for me a bit what about you henry is there anything in the last couple of years you were just like holy shit yeah i mean i think there was maybe the 2000 i guess 18 nuke proof mega it was still 650b but just really just great handling bike you know i think it had like 64 65 degree head angle so at the time it was kind of one of the slacker bikes but it was just fantastic like that generation of lyric i think was really really good for compared to a lot of the other bikes and just it it just did everything so well yeah really great bike yeah the other thing we have to keep in mind too is because the bikes i mean for the most part they are all so much better and they are all pretty damn competent and reliable it's i always i've said this a million times but kaz like we when we're reviewing bikes now it's not like oh this is shitty it's more like oh this suits somebody that does this better than that does this hey eh? i think you guys would agree with that yeah, exactly. You're kind of just kind of helping people decide if that bike's going to be the bike for them or if, you know, because sometimes companies do miss things. You know, they looks like it's got the whole package and we ride and like, ah, it's not quite there. So I think that's kind of become more of what we're looking at rather than having catastrophic failures have happen all the time or things that could be, um, you know, dramatically overhauled. Yeah. It's more like oh, a little tweak here and there. They'll, they're getting closer. But it yeah. does feel yeah, that exactly. the lack of foresight is a, is a thing because sometimes bikes come out and the small tweaks that say in, you know, at the start of a generation of bike seem don't seem that meaningful, but three years on when it's coming to the end of its sort of cycle, then suddenly the bikes that are a bit more progressive suddenly seem to be keeping pace, whereas the bikes that were a little bit behind when they were launched seem a long a long way off. Do you folks think? I guess we're jumping ahead to predictions here, but based on this guy's question, do you think that? Do you think we'll see? bikes converge in more i'm gonna say the words quiver killers or do you think that with bikes getting so good that the only way to continue those marginal gains is to get more specialist in each yeah i can't say specialized because it will be confusing but yeah do do the bikes specialize in what they're good at from here yeah, I think trail bikes are getting, obviously, like we all saw at the field test, like they, they are getting annoyingly good at everything. Mm-hmm. And I think all bikes are getting better at everything because of geometry and suspension. But at the same time, because trail bikes are so good and they can do everything so well, I think that provides room for a company to make like a a crazy specific 
sportier, racier bike, or maybe go the other direction because they have that middle ground bike. Maybe um, like the Fuel EX is so capable that they can make the race bike even more racy and the the slash even more slashy. And and maybe we haven't seen that yet, but I think that could be possible. But do you not also think that what we considered a, a, a quiver killer a few years ago has that it's kind of shifted just in that now i think we used to it's easy to characterize bikes by how well they descend but i think what this latest generation of trail bikes has taught us is that actually we often characterize bikes by how well they climb and it's just that now a bike with 150 mil travel climbs just as good as a bike five years ago that had 120 mil travel so it's still a trail bike and that then yeah. means that it's ever so, more, so much more versatile. Like, you know, we're looking at it with so many bike models, they're still called the same thing, but now they have a 140 or 150 fork bolt to the front, where previously it might have been as low as 120, 130. Yeah, I agree. And I mean, the thing that we don't have to go too deep down this rabbit hole, but e-bikes, like lightweight e-bikes and ones that you could take the battery off that weigh the same as some of the bikes we tested this year. I mean, that's really what is going to be a, a shift mm-hmm. happening. Yep. Yeah. Okay, uh, next question. This is also about the field test. This is from Bryce. Uh, Kaz, this is for you again because you, I think you've ridden the optic and the fluid, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, they're pretty close. On paper, size large, he says, exact same head angle, chainstay length, five millimeters difference in travel, uh, a bit over half a degree in seat tube angle separates them. So, what are the differences on the trail despite so many similarities? He wants to know. I think that, I mean, that little. Five mils extra suspension travel and the way that the travel feels is different between the two. Like the optic feels, um, it almost feels like it has more compression damping. It's a little bit firmer. Like it feels like a one twenty-five bike. Like it feels like a short travel bike. Where the fluid, kind of a little bit. Obviously, we're talking about different shocks on them too. Um, but the fluid, it felt like it was a little bit more supple off the top. It kind of has like a little bit deeper feeling. So you kind of feels like a, a trail bike. Where the and the optics obviously a trail bike too, but a little bit um, maybe more supportive. And so people that are in a super rough area might not get along as well with the optic compared to the fluid, just because the way that rear wheel is giving you a little bit more feedback. Um, and I would say the optics can, are due for an update soon too. So I can feel Kaz struggling to not use Levy's word "sporty" with the optic. I was waiting for energy. <laughs> and, uh-huh. I was waiting no. for energy. <laughs> yeah, I could use that. I mean, yeah, I mean the optic does feel a little sportier. I mean, it does also you can get a carbon optic, and you can't get a carbon fluid at the moment, but. Um, yeah, given the amount of overlap, I'm not going to be surprised if Norco changes something in there so it's not not as not as much overlap. But yeah, yeah. Uh, Kaz, our last question is from uh, PB and Jam. He wants to know about sizing. Uh, basically, I'm going to summarize here. He saw in our Quebec field test, we were on some medium-ish bikes, like a you know 450, 460-ish reaches. And then in our more recent field test, we were on some large size bikes. Uh, those were like 470s and 480s, so quite a bit longer. Um, he just wants to know our thoughts on the different sizing and why I size down. And I think he's sort of implying if that was correct. And I think my answer to that would be, I mean, as always, we say things like there's no super right or wrong when it comes to geometry. Like I'm... I'm 5'9", 5'10". You've been shrinking I'm every year. Comfy. I take the 5'9". I know. Yeah, you're not 5'9". <laughs> I think I'm 5'9". I think I'm 5'9", but I tell everybody I'm 5'10", to be honest. I don't know about that. That, that means that Matt's like 5'7", <laughs> but you guys should get some tape measured out and figure it out. 
I'm five ten. I would say. Yeah, five you nine, are five, five ten. Levy, five nine point five. Levy's got Levy's five nine ish, five ten ish, but with long limbs, which makes sizing. Yeah. So that's why he is comfortable usually on a on a slightly long, longer reach bike. Yeah, and also I grew up like I've been riding mountain bikes for a long time. Like Kaz, you and I were riding when. There was no such thing as reach, but if we were to extrapolate that reach number, you know, it would be around 400 millimeters for a large. Like if we went back, I don't know, five, six, seven, eight, well, more than that, maybe 10 years ago or something. So I'm comfy on a 450, uh, but I'm also comfy on like a 480 and I would buy a 480, I think, to be honest with you, especially riding here. What are your guys' thoughts on that? Yeah. I mean, I think in his question too, like for these field tests, we have a, gr- a bunch of testers. So we kind of try to find the happy middle ground that testers can ride. So for the down country one where Sarah is going to be the shortest out of the group and Matt's definitely more in the medium zone and you can ride both. So it just made sense to get mediums for everybody there. Where for the other field tests where it's like you and I testing or if Henry's going to be long, we'll get, you know, more go towards size larges, assuming that the reach is in the general range. But yeah, we can kind of go back and forth and um, mention, you know, mention the pros and cons about that but i don't think we usually allow the reach to be the like the driving factor in our decision about a bike because we have we can kind of ride around it for lack of a better word yeah yeah and i mean there's so much going on that it's like everybody always says we don't want to just like the reach doesn't mean the the reach on its own doesn't like mean anything just like a head angle on its own doesn't mean anything it's all together i mean yeah that's why you normally you get a nice short reach levy and then you just throw a 120 stem on it right you're good to go <laughs> right <laughs> okay let's move on to news uh there's been a bunch of news on the website kaz none of it that i wrote down um we've been covering the pb awards let's skip it let's let's skip, skip the news today sounds what good. the heck eh if the boss is here and he says skip the news skip why the don't news. we just do it everybody <laughs> if you want that if you want to know what's going on on the website just go to the website and look and then we don't have to talk about it let's get on to our discussion and we're going to talk about our seasonally obliged new year's resolutions and also our maybe some predictions for the coming year let's start off by talking about how we dropped the ball on last year's resolutions and come up with a bunch of excuses why brian did you have a resolution for last year a biking resolution no i didn't it was i i looked at last year's article and i was not included so uh, I probably, whatever resolution I had for riding more and working less did not happen. Guaranteed. Can I, I want to come up with a resolution for you this year. Okay. It's to stay healthy, injuries, and don't catch the plague from any children. Don't get sick. Don't get injured. Uh, I think, I feel... Well, I'll tell you what my resolutions are later, but thank you for that. That's the, those are nice thoughts. Yeah. Henry, what was your resolution? Uh, it's not important. I can't remember actually. (laughs) (laughs) I think it was just carry on being a thoroughly nice chap. Um, drink tea. Well, mission accomplished. Yeah. (laughs) Big tick. Gold star for Henry. Let's, let's tell the people what were your, what was your resolution? Thanks. Read it out. Read it out. The best no thing for me at the time was I was um, I was going to stay in. I was not going to move house for a year. That was my plan, um, <laughs> and I made it until February, I think. <laughs> Solid months. But there were mitigating circumstances. There were mitigating circumstances, and that's really important. I didn't want to. I didn't want to go back and forth. Once I got over to France for the first World Cup, 
in March and team camp, I was just like, this jet lag's horrific. There's no way I'm doing like six of these trips just so I can go back and forth to spend five days at home. And I'm going to be away for like four weeks at a time sometimes. So I just thought I'll do the logical thing and sleep in a box truck in Europe on a coffee stained mattress. And um, that's what I did. It was great. And then I went to South America for three months and now I'm back to Canada. And yeah, I mean, when I said don't move house, that's kind of what I meant. It just How many didn't times? read that way. <laughs> How many times did you move house in South America? Only, well, we moved to Argentina from Santiago, then to okay. Pucon, and then back to Canada. So two or three times. But that wasn't <laughs> my fault. <laughs> and I didn't want to move house. Like, I... I I don't want to move house. Like, I just end up with the situation where I feel like my hand's forced. It's the only logical situation. And, and I just want to point out to people that for 2023, Henry's tr- attempting to solve his house moving problem by purchasing a house that moves. Rather yeah, than that's what I've done. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah, that well, way you can say he didn't move, just his vehicle because, moved. Yeah. Well, now, like, if I want to be in Whistler for a couple of weeks, I'm just going to go to Whistler. If I want to be in the US for a couple of weeks, I'm just going to go there. And I think that that will ease my anxiety. Because it's, I, love it's, how, it's, I love how we've all fetishized homelessness as a defense mechanism for not having houses. Great. Henry? <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Are you going to start a van life Instagram? Uh, you I mean, feel continue like you my that. van life Hashtag Instagram. Van life. Okay, good. You know, <laughs> I was talking to this about the cars. I mean, I can't imagine anything more tedious than sharing my boring life. And I can't imagine the only thing that'd be more tedious is someone wanting to watch it. Oh, look at me washing a bucket. I mean, no one wants to see that. I mean, you'd be surprised. People pay oh, for look. pictures of feet and stuff. So like people, you washing your van. Well, they're not buying mine cars. I've had them up there for ages. I know. Yeah. He might be asking a little too much, but. <laughs> I thought the sixth toe in the bunion was like an extra, <laughs> yeah, like, you know, a bit of dessert. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Henry, are you are you gonna stay in BC for 2023? Do I'm gonna you try. See that happening? I'm gonna try. Yeah. I mean, I think good. I've just got to get through the winter and then get through the summer and then get through the autumn and then get through the winter. <laughs> <laughs> I've just got to get through 12 months of this. <laughs> no, no, I'm gonna. Mine. I'm gonna stay in BC. I'm gonna have a nice time. Um, yeah, I've got a feeling there's I mean, there's some great riding here, and this year I just want to ride my bike. That's that's my that's my thing so i think i'll stay in bc and i'd like to go down to the states see what that's all about um yeah see what happens well after after that very original resolution of riding your bike more uh i want to ask levy about your 2022 oh. resolutions uh you what did Uh-oh. you have you had uh you wanted to do more adventure rides and you wanted to ride in taiwan or cuba or something like the length yeah. of how did those go yeah yeah well, obviously, I didn't go to Taiwan or Cuba to ride my bike. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I did do some adventures, but I really wanted to do like some. There's places I wanted to go, like you know, there's like mines off in the mountains, mm-hmm. and like I just wanted to go. There's like a list in my head of like ten places or five places I wanted to go see, and I got to a couple of them. I did some things. I did some fun rides. I definitely did not ride Cuba. Or Taiwan. Those are both places I've been before, but never on a bike. So I would love to do that. That'd be incredible. Well, I think you will get your chance with Taiwan in uh, 2023. I think we're I think we're good to go to Taipei show. That's a work trip, though. Just stay after. Bring your bike. Stay after. Yeah, Bye. that's true. If I'm going to get on a plane yeah, and go there, exactly. so 
Last yeah. so a few years ago, Levy and Alan Crisp and I went to Taiwan, and then afterwards we stayed and we went to the East Coast and we did some scootering, and that was pretty serious business. So it it was the best day of my life. It was pretty. It was up there. It was pretty good. How close was it to the birth of your child? Pretty close. Right. Sorry, James. <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty good. Yeah, so I didn't I didn't get to do any of those trips. Um, I'm not a real big, huge fan of flying places, so I really have to want to go somewhere to get on a plane these days. Like, I find it incredibly stressful to the point where I, like, there basically needs to be, like, a limitless supply of monster and candy on the other end to, like, goad me into getting on a plane. Um, but maybe in 2023, maybe I could take a boat to Cuba. Like, I'll ride down to Miami and then I'll take a boat from Miami to Cuba, and then I'll ride the length of Cuba, and then boat back. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of rafts on the shore there. You could go the other way. They're not using them anymore. <laughs> yeah. I, feel, I, I don't feel like those guys, are safe. I, I feel like you and I can expect some serious productivity out of Levy in 23. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, while he's doing this. Yes. Well, one of the things that Henry and I were actually talking about yesterday was doing some thing like that like some sort of adventure ride and then podcasting while we're doing it sounds a so lot like, like a van life vlog yeah but no vans involved like henry hanging in a bucket with you Levy come to and Cuba henry. with me right <laughs> and we share a bucket <laughs> <laughs> it's just efficient that way yeah yeah so it was crossing 2023 swords. was a good year I did lots of rides. Well, 23 but I didn't, didn't happen do yet. All of the big adventure rides that I want to do. 2022, yeah. sorry. I just know 23 is going to be a good year. Good, that's good. Mm. Yeah. Kaz, how'd you make out? You're, uh, you're awfully I, quiet only, I said, yeah, I said I was, I was on, I wanted to go to the East Coast to ride because that's where I grew up and I haven't been back there in years and years. And there were two EWS rounds there. And I thought that'd be a good excuse to go, but then I didn't go. And now the EWS doesn't even come to America at all. So. Uh, I kind of blew that one, but I should still go. I would like to get back to the East Coast at some point. So maybe this next summer. Kaz, why? You live in the best place in the world to ride bikes. Why do you want to go to the East Coast to ride bikes? Well, it's really good over there too. Like, I don't know. I like traveling and that's where I grew up. So it'd be good. To, I kind of yeah. want to ride the trails that I learned to ride on. Like it's been 20, I don't know, 23, 20, yeah, 23 years since I rode like the original trails that I grew up on. So it'd be fun to check them out. And there's so many little bike parks yeah. and stuff popping up over there. So it is still on my list just to kind of like see what the scene is like these days. So. What what are the trails like that you grew up riding? Um, they're actually decent. A lot of them were hiking trails originally and then just kind of like rocky rolling terrain, you know, not like huge steep ups or downs, but like pretty punchy climbs and descents and technical is the thing. Kind of like, uh, I try to think what other regions Jank. like it, but yeah, good and janky. And like MC Escher like a, trails. They sound yeah. like MC Escher trails. Just climb exactly. the whole way. Yeah, and then like we go to Mount Snow for races and stuff, and there's like you know more classic East Coast stuff. So yeah, it's good biking over there. Um, yeah, it's not as different as people like to say. There's like the whole weird regional thing where like oh the East Coast is way different than like Washington. It's different than this. Like it's different, but it's all mountain biking. And I don't know. It's one of those things that always does kind of bother me. But, like, you guys don't know how to test it because you live in Washington, and it's like it's way different than where I live. Like not really. Like there's still roots and ups and downs and stuff like that. Yeah. I love the idea that you can't have. You have to have like. 5% sag and 140 millimeter cranks to ride on the East coast or otherwise you're just, you're always yeah. hitting your cranks. Yeah. Well, I had, a, I used to have that spooky June bug. I had a bottom side. bracket for East coast riding. The bottom bracket was like as high as my nipples. And that was like, that was the special was top East bracket coast geometry. Yeah. 
But do you do you subscribe to the thing like you know? There's a bit of a joke that I don't know. I mean, I've heard I've heard say, although I don't know how true it is. Perhaps, but if a bike is good in Colorado, it's ter- terrible everywhere else. <laughs> <laughs> do you know what I mean? And do you do you do you understand that if we if we kind of backwards engineer it and come from that side, that that doesn't apply anymore though. Okay. Bikes are so good. I don't. That doesn't apply. I don't think I mean, you you get well, some yeah, bike yeah, I mean, design more for. Yeah, I mean, I think different regions do have bikes that are more you know better suited for that like i don't think some places you definitely don't need your 63 degree enduro bike or whatever but but yeah i just do think it's funny how people make it seem like it's such a totally different experience where it's like that's it's different but not it's not like a totally foreign thing that's happening over there i do have a theory that a certain um bc based bike brand uh was the last brand ever to switch away from bushings because the ground here is so nice and soft that it feels like your suspension is quite supple, even when it's not. <laughs> it's pedal assist, Brian. Lose the attitude. It's just okay? a theory. Just a theory. A regional yeah. theory. Yeah. But yeah, so maybe in 2023, I can get back yeah. to the East Coast and do some riding over there. Um, yeah. Henry, have you have you ridden the trails that you grew up riding? Have you ever gone back and seen what those were like on a modern bike? It's like bridleways, mate. It's... It's just, there's not much to really ride. It's just, yeah. It's just riding over like you know, ground chewed up by horses. Um, it's it, the the where I came from. I mean, I rode Canic Chase a couple of years ago, and that actually is pretty good. Like for a small, tiny, hundred meter sized hill, it's got some fun bits on there for sure. But the trails that I really first went mountain biking on, which I thought was mountain biking at the time, and looking back, it was like a gradual. Th- two degree incline that you would just be pedaling on yeah. over a rough tropy thing and then there'd be a tree down halfway halfway through a 15 second descent and that's just not an exaggeration yeah. <laughs> I, uh... what, what about you brian you <laughs> did, have you gone back to ride your trails yeah i mean that that shed behind the church that i pedal wheelie dropped <laughs> off looks ex- <laughs> looks exactly the same as it did the loading dock <laughs> loading docks looked identical I, to the uptail yeah, I don't. I don't have a, a hardtail with a dual crown fork on it anymore, though. So you know. Yeah. Yeah. More intimidating now. Yeah. All right. Well, let's talk about 2023. What have we learned by not following through with our resolutions for last year, Henry? Um, do you have a resolution for this year to not travel or not move house? I mean, the, this idea that I'm I'm capable of learning, I think, is erroneous to begin with. <laughs> um, ambitious so, for sure yeah I mean I I think I'm sticking to my guns I'm going to do say the same thing and make the same mistakes and that's just how it's going to be now this year I want to ride yeah, bikes okay. more I want to have a nice time riding bikes that's my goal Henry's also nice. Henry's also got he's, his role is evolving and he's taking on some more responsibility on the video stuff though so I think we can talk about that a little bit like you got some shit there yeah Basically, my plan is to make van life videos on the Pink Bike channel to hopefully get free camping saucepans and chairs. This is the endorsements I'm going for. There's a really nice set of fold-out chairs made by Decathlon. And hey, boy, oh boy, I'm lusting after them. Henry, easy what you say. I once wrote an entire op-ed about a folding chair. <laughs> Wait, hold on. That wasn't the same Rocky Mountain, was it? <laughs> <laughs> what about you what about you Kaz what are you doing for the coming year uh, yeah I mean I'll just say I'm going to go to the east coast at some point but yeah I don't know I had a great 
2022 was great. Like I did get to, I went really far east. And I went to, uh, um, where did I go? France and Italy. Those are a lot further east than the east coast. Um, so yeah, hopefully some oh, more travel. Yeah. yeah. You did go to Italy, hey? Uh-huh. Yeah, it was great. I so, completely, because yeah. I was kind of like dropped off the radar. Then I was just there like, holy shit, Kaz and Italy. Because you did the something did rally. King. Yeah, Stone King Stonehenge rally. rally or something. Yeah, Stonehenge yeah. was good. We just went in the... Nice. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Kaz. You want to go to Stonehenge? Kaz, speaking... No. no. <laughs> well, yes. Yeah. Speaking of the Stone King rally, that just reminded me, you and I have some plans for 2023. Maybe some Mike versus Mike stuff. Should we talk about that bike race that you suggested oh yeah we're, yeah we what we're we gonna do together the back the whistler against each other not together. if we stay it's down here then we have to do it right yeah that whistler back 40 yeah yeah it's like an xc race but it's like a with yeah. different stages it's a stage race one day on like technical trails for cross-country ride yeah and i'm gonna beat you oh i didn't know it was a stage race like i didn't know it was a multi-day no thing. it's just one day but there's like you do like one it's basically like a few lap or a few races in a day kind of oh neat yeah. okay yeah, I didn't know that. I should have read about it. Yeah, before it's I okay. Said it. But uh, but it's a cross country <laughs> race, and yeah, I'll beat you. I think it's in June or something. So start training. Do you actually think that you would beat me in a race? Yeah, like that because you'll just blow up. You'll get cramps or something or crash. Yeah, and then I'll just pass you. <laughs> yeah, no, I I think if I don't blow up or cramp, there's you have precisely zero chance of beating me. But well, you've you never showed up. At, I was going to race you in the EWS really... this year, and you didn't show up. I was there. I did the EWS. Yeah, 100. that's not my thing. I wouldn't. I could. I would be faster than you in an EWS race for a shorter period of time. Do you think that's fair? No. But Levy, that you. you could just yeah, show up. Yeah. That yeah. doesn't make any sense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What's, you what might break the, the, uh, Henry, yeah. Henry, Henry, what are the stakes for this? Uh, this is a responsibility I'm putting on you. What are the stakes for oh. this race? I think we should be able, one of them should have to change their name to Michael. We can only have one Mike, and the loser has to be known as Michael. Oh, no. In every oh, professional that capacity. That's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> that is excellent. Only my family calls me that. That is good. <laughs> <laughs> or whoever loses is perpetually the intern forever. I think yeah. Michael the intern. Michael that's the intern. Thing. Yeah, <laughs> I'm going I'm to have Trevor write a script that goes back and changes every instance of your name on the site forever. <laughs> Perfect. To Michael the intern. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> See, me and Max, the filmographer, have been talking about doing an event. So you know how when you have baseball games, you have like the flash and you can see how much slower you are than the flash. We were talking about trying to use like, see if Matt Beer's keen to be used in that capacity where Matt goes up to Diamond Head and sets a time on Angry M in the morning and then everyone just comes and tries to beat the time. But you've got to guess how much slower you're going to be and the person with the slowest number but not actually getting beaten wins. So you might say, I'm going to be seven seconds slower. But then if you get beaten by eight, your time is null and void. So then you've got to say 11 seconds and just watch the carnage. I think it'd be fantastic. Just fantastic entertainment. Being eleven, Sounds- just 11 seconds slower than Matt Beer on Angry <laughs> would be actually kind of impressive. Yeah, and you call it getting beer rashed. <laughs> <laughs> I see you put a lot of fun into this. Yes, thank you. Yeah, that. we we drank good. over. Yeah, it was it was a, like a third pint idea. It was good. Mm-hmm. It doesn't sound so good in the light of day, but that's yeah. often the way. Yeah, you just do it at night. It's just complicated. This week's Pink Bike Podcast is presented by Bosch eBike Systems. Bosch is a company that's been deeply involved with the sport of eMTB racing since the very beginning, and now it has a drive unit developed specifically for competition. 
the Performance Line CX race motor was recently unveiled at the EWS E-Finals in Italy. It has a new race mode that's designed for maximum speed on challenging technical terrain. To learn more about the new Bosch Performance Line CX Race Limited Edition Drive Unit, check out www.bosch-ebike.com. Now back to the podcast. Let's go back to the bikes, Henry. 2023, you got something planned? By the end of 2023, I'm going to be confident in using data acquisition. Like, competent, confident, be able to read all the shit and yeah why i like it um i because why? i think it'd be a good I think it'd be a good weapon to have in your arsenal i think it would yeah. help distinguish things like different things to do with damping um chassis stability and a big thing would be i would want to explore different <laughs> uh different spoke counts materials and um tensions and understand I how yeah, yeah, no. to talk about <laughs> spoke tension. I want to I want to know. I want Henry, know. I was yeah. so um, with you until that. I was like, <laughs> of course, somebody who writes about bikes for a living should But get it will really have the data will have other applications. You, you lost but largely me. it's about spokes. It's about <laughs> spokes. Oh no. Yeah. And tire weights. Yeah. Well, that's I think that's an honorable thing to have on your list though. Like you want to learn how to do something, yeah. it's going to further your knowledge, you know? Oh, at least it's I want to I want to be confident enough with it that I can basically extrapolate from the data the things that support my own false conclusions <laughs> exactly. and manipulate the statistics yes. to support mm-hmm. what I say. That's yeah. really what I'm after. Are you talking about the efficiency test? <laughs> <laughs> this folding chair, you can only, it's 200 watt. <laughs> you know, Henry... Since yeah. you're going to say that, I'll, I'll call something out too. So we already mentioned that race that Kaz and I are going to do. But just in general, in, just in general, I want to do some bike racing next year. I used to do a lot more of it. I I spend lots of time trying to be fit. And it's, a, it's like for nothing because I don't race all that much. I just like being fit and I like the work of it. But in 2023, I want to actually do some bike races. Like in the spring, some... It doesn't matter. I'm always like, oh, I don't want to do it. I'm not at my best. But you just just go do it. So in 2023, I'm going to just forget about when I'm feeling good and when I'm not and just sign up for some races. But isn't yeah. it amazing nice. that some people, like, because I know the same fear of, oh, man, like two weeks ago, I was substantially fitter than I am now, which is obviously ridiculous. Yeah. But pro bike riders, like especially in the roadie scene or whatever, they go out and they just race like 10 months a year, most weekends. It's crazy. Yeah, but like crazy. Them, you know, doing imagine doing like three grand tours a year and think how much just racing that is. Yeah, yeah. I think for me too, one of the things that gets me is like I'm gonna turn this into a therapy session. This do you guys, Henry and Kaz, do you feel obliged that you have to like you have to like perform to a certain level? Like we're all decent riders. We grew up riding here. We could ride the things, you know, the scary things. I think anybody that rides in the Pacific Northwest all the time rides to a reasonable level but in my head like i used to race downhill all the time but i would never do a downhill race now because in my head i feel like because we test bikes i have to be able to win that downhill race and i know that's stupid like that's me going too far mm. like obviously we don't have to win anything no, I understand. but you know what i'm saying right but we, we do have yeah. kind of skin in the game about being good on bikes basically yeah exactly um, which is something that yeah. i i i mean i can imagine <laughs> i can imagine the the crazy stuff you're putting out, Levy, I'm picking up <laughs> because I'm I'm a similar sort of mindset. Like 
I yeah. I remember I remember after that Sun Peaks field test, for instance, and because I just hadn't really ridden properly in a while and I was riding really bad, after the field test, I went out and I rode each bike for like a week nonstop just to make sure I was absolutely like kind of pushing it, at least in my own little way. Um, I mean, I think yeah. that we don't have to be pros. I think there's something to be said for being a well, I was going to say a well-oiled everyman, but that might not be quite <laughs> what I wanted to say. Maybe something Freudian in that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think it's good to be confident and be able to assert what your skill level is and knowing you can ride that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Kaz, what do you think? Yeah. No, you I don't even care, dude. You don't even give a shit. Well, I don't want to suck. So yeah, I care. Like, no, you don't suck. Well, I don't know, but I yeah. have to like keep riding to make sure I don't suck. Like, I definitely worry. And, like, yeah. just kind of like maintaining is always a thing that I try to do. But like this year, I did have a good 2022. 20, I felt like I rode probably more than I have in a long time. I don't know why. I just got on tons of rides and it felt good and felt comfortable so yeah hopefully maintaining that but i think it, is, it does come with our jobs and just kind of we're semi in the public eye and obviously we want to be able to ride at a decent level to not think about your riding and think more about the bike you know what you're actually riding on so yeah i think it's a good it's not even resolution it's just like something to keep doing basically i'm gonna go 100 percent the opposite direction with that one i uh you know levy you wished for my non-injuries and health for 23 and excuse me that's about right like i think i need to put it in a different way i need to put it like accepting my uselessness um and my my body's betrayal i am i uh i have like a i have shitty ligaments basically i i've had like a reverse bank heart surgery on my right shoulder and tears in my left labrum i right now i have three tears in my right uh, meniscus in my knee and my left foot ligaments are unhappy so i'm you know i have to my 2023 thing is kind of uh coming to terms with and being okay giving up on on big bikes and just uh yeah finding finding enjoyment in in e-bike. other yeah in not pushing it <laughs> did you say e-bikes yeah uh, so it's not it's not the it's not the power that's that's wrecking my shit it's just so brian having does that me. sound like you're the perfect person to test bikes out east no no it doesn't <laughs> just oh, a joke just a joke no, no i um yeah i'll also i another one i'll put up is uh a more wholesome one is i my goal for 23 is to teach my kid to ride a pedal bike mm, um, that'll nice be a man. good one he got a, he got a bike for christmas so but it is hard, sorry to just come back you know not to just glaze over it but that is a really tough thing coming to the terms with yep. not riding bikes in the same way that you used to or same way you perhaps maybe want to yep when when did Me. you feel this journey began in terms of acceptance oof um 2014 when i first mm. wrecked my sh- my shoulder for the first time yeah um i'd always had bad shoulders but yeah 2014 was was a a bad time and then it took until 2017 to actually figure out what was wrong and that I had a mm-hmm. this hypermobility syndrome and get you know get my shoulder in a place where they would do surgery and then do the surgery and recover from the surgery and then like now just knowing I've got more of those on every one of my stupid joints and every one of my stupid limbs so yeah and sorry to and feel free to just to say you're not interested in <clears throat> discussing whatever um where do you think, do you think this, is it like a genetic thing? Is it as predisposition? Is it a mm-hmm. kind of a perfect storm of slight predisposition and then doing a sport, which has exaggerated it? Yep. 
Yeah, it's it's uh it's definitely a a minor version of it. Like there are people that have real really bad hypermobility syndromes and I don't. I I'm like just barely on that spectrum. Mm. Um but I definitely wreck my shit more than I should. And it's never it's never even really been from big bike crashes or anything. It's been from like yeah, like m- I was washing the dishes and it, it did something It tweaked a shoulder, like just mm. stupid stuff. I like my right shoulder, um, was in my sleep. I slept bad and it tore, it tore my labrum, um, which mm. then it turned out I had all kinds of other stuff going on in there. Um, but the catalyst was kind of, was, was sleeping. So it's just, it, it definitely makes riding harder and, um, and worse. So I have to, yeah. You know, this is, I'm going to talk about a really shallow and superficial interpretation of probably quite a serious spiritual (laughs) side of things. Um, Excellent. But I do believe, and something that brings me comfort is you, you know, you don't know what something's kept you from. Mm -hmm. You know, there's this, I'm going to go off a bit of a tangent here. Levy, prepared, get the cut button, get the scissors ready, because a lot of this will come out. But a story I often come back to that helps me is like, there's a story of this guy living in the village and um and his horse runs away and his neighbor comes up to him and says that is just the worst luck you're fucked now you can't you can't farm you got your transports gone your horse has run away and it's terrible news and the man says well we'll see then a week later the horse comes back and with it it brings back five companions and the neighbor says oh my god what a miracle you've got six horses now that's like that's gonna make your life so much easier you're so lucky and this guy says well we'll see and then this, the man's son is breaking in one of these horses and it throws him off and breaks his leg. And the neighbor comes up and says, what a tragedy. Your son, you know, he's, it, he's fucked. Like the world's going to end. And the man says, well, we'll see. And the next week the army are rolling through and they conscript all the young men, but the son can't go because he's got a broken leg. And the neighbor comes up and says, what a miracle. And the man says, well, we'll see. And you could have never been injured and been riding a bike and been hit by a fucking bus. Mm-hmm. You don't know. Life's pretty good now, and so you can only assume that everything you've ever done is the right decision. And you could have won the lottery and got struck by lightning. You just don't know. And so maybe your injury was the best thing that ever happened to you, but it's just been disguised and presented in a different way. I feel like that's some deep... That's pretty good. Deep 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 thoughts, Henry. Henry the philosopher. Henry, well, you can... (laughs) I obviously wasn't responsible for that one, but when I screwed my hip and I couldn't ride road bikes anymore, I'm going to be honest with you guys. At the time naively and because i was just a stupid person i'm still the same stupid person but i just had a different set of collection of thoughts i thought i was gonna be really good at riding road bikes i was gonna go to race across america i was gonna fucking smash it after qualifying at taupo i was gonna do the um uh transcontinental tcr i was gonna try and fucking win it and i thought i was amazing at riding bikes i cooked my hip and i can't ride bikes road bikes anymore at the time so much of my personality was invested in that i thought it was literally the worst thing that ever happened to me but it meant that all the all the all the cracks that it was papering over the fact that i was enjoying my riding which was a shitty job so many dissatisfied things in my life in general terrible mechanisms that were driving my terrible ego fueled life they all went away and I had to actually realize what it was and so it meant that i started writing i ended up putting myself out there with that and ended up having this amazing job living a really happy lifestyle it wouldn't have happened if i hadn't fucked my hip and at the time i thought the world was ending but i am so glad that it happened but anyway i mean it sound, if it brought you here i don't know man 
<laughs> and it brought me into shit and get in a bucket with Levy. Uh, Ooh, yes. Full circle. Full circle. <laughs> mm. All right. On that note, everybody, let's end with some wisdom there. Uh, guys, I think this is our, I don't know when this is going up. It's probably going to go up after New Year's, but this is the last time we're recording in 2022. It's been a pretty good year podcast. I think I've done most of them. Like I did, we only missed a few, Brian. We got like yep. 50 something. Or oh yeah, no, something. We, we did you know? 50 something. Yeah, I looked last week. Yeah. Crazy. Great. Oh, you did look. You're counting. Oh yeah. <laughs> I'm, all, I'm always, I'm always <laughs> watching. It'll be, it'll be 57, I think, by, with this one. But more than Excellent. one a week. Nice. Yeah. Cool. Amazing. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening in 2022. It's been great. You guys have had lots of good questions, lots of good comments. Put the resolutions down below if you have any for 2023. And that's when we'll see you next year. Bye, guys. Bye.